take a seat and bow your head in prayer with me. Father, we do just thank you for your cross, Lord. Thank you that you died for us, that you love us, that, Lord, today your presence is with us, and we can, Father, know that there's hope, there's strength, that we're not alone in the challenges of life, Lord, and that you have a good purpose for our lives. Father, help us to connect with you this morning. And Lord, also give us the blessing of just meaningful friendships this year that are centered on you. Father, help some of us to to reach out and to build those. Help others of us to to be that friend that someone needs. And Lord, I pray that, that this year just none of us would feel alone. But each of us would have someone in our corner. And it would be a gift from you. So bless us with that. In Jesus' great name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you. Welcome to Better Together Sunday. So, yeah, there we go. Come on. You, you can be a little excited this morning. That won't, nothing bad will happen. Um, but, uh, hey, we've got uh, all our groups in the back of the auditorium. So after service, you can look around. You can, you can meet the leaders. We got some breakfast stuff in the back. So make sure, check that out, and, and get signed up. Um, the, you know, the big theme that, that I feel on my heart for our church this year is relationships. And, and that means starting new relationships, some of us kind of opening our lives and letting some people in and building some new friendships. And, uh, but it could also look like deepening relationships and, and growing healthier ones. But, but this year, that's what's really on my heart for us to focus on. So we're kicking off this year, and, uh, and you're going to hear a lot of it. I'm going to beat this drum, you know. And keep on beating it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so anyway. But hey, how, how's your 2023 going? Good so far? Right? There's, it, it's got to be going good because there hasn't been that much of it, you know? So there's not enough uh, wrong stuff to happen. But, but I don't know about you. Anyone, you know, kind of like you have a goal or, or maybe it's just an aspiration in your heart, but, but you want to be physically healthier this year? Anybody? That's the goal I have every year. I know some, and some people in this church, they're like, like, I want to, I want to gain weight. I've never had that problem. I want that problem one day. Uh, but it's, it's always seems to be the opposite. Um, but you guys, you look good. I feel like you're on your diet and exercise. You're, you guys look good. Yeah. I see a difference. You, you feel it? Yeah. Just tell, tell the person next to you, be like, man, you look good. It's, uh, you're holding out. Yeah. And it, yeah, if it's, if it's your spouse, give it a little wink, you know what I'm saying? If it's not, definitely don't do that. Um, but, but you look good. Hopefully, hopefully we're, on, we're on track, at least through the end of this month. But, you know, physical health, I, I believe that that is important. And I think spirit, body, mind, it's all connected. I think God, God made it that way. But the Washington Post had a, a fascinating article this week. And here's the title of it. You'll like it. It said, want to be healthier? Question mark. Here was the answer. Hang out with your friends. Come on, I can get behind that one, right? Don't have to go to the gym, hang out with friends. That sounds great. But this was all about relationships. And this is, this is not a Christian perspective here, right? This is just kind of a, again, it's in the Washington Post. But here's a, a clip from this article. It said, a six-year study of 736 Middle-aged Swedish men found having a life, I don't know, 
Just what it says. Having a life partner <laughs> did not affect the risk. Don't be dogging on Swedish men, all right? They've got feelings too. Uh, they didn't affect the risk of heart attack or fatal coronary heart disease, but having friends did. Isn't that crazy? So it said, you know, obviously friendships bring a lot of value to our life. A 10-year Australian study found that older people with a lot of friends were 22% less likely to die during the study period than those with few friends. All right. Notably, having a social network of children and relatives did not affect survival rates. We need an entire community to feel whole. Did you catch that? Being around different people brings out different sides of our own identity. And, you know, what's amazing about that, and you can read that, it's a really good article, but it, it talks about all these different ways that that friendship adds value to our lives. And it says, but, but it, did you know the distinction that it's different than what family brings to our life, right? We know, like, family's a good thing, and that brings great value to our lives, but it says, but, but friendship brings something different. And, it, and it's something that, that makes our lives way healthier. Now, this is an idea that the Bible has been talking about for thousands of years. Right now, we have kind of research to back this, but, but amazingly, the Bible has always said that. It's always said that, that friendships matter and that they're, they're a way that God brings health and grace and blessing into our lives. And I want to read to you today, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4. This was written 3,000 years ago, long before this week when the Washington Post posted that article, right? This goes way back. And, and in this Solomon, he's an ancient king. He is uh, known for his wisdom, a, a very bright guy. And he's writing this book, Ecclesiastes, and he says this in verse 9. He says, two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, I've done a lot of weddings, and I've actually, like, read this in weddings before. But this is not about marriage. This is actually about friendship. Like, you, you can make it work, you know, in a marriage sermon or something. But, but the real context is, is about friendship. And, and it's about how, how friendship is an essential part of a meaningful life. Now, here's what's really powerful about this. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, this is not an easy book of the Bible to read. If you're like, I want to start reading the Bible this year, don't start in Ecclesiastes. Okay, kind of come to that as you got your groove going. Because it's not an easy one. And the great King Solomon, he is confused by life. And he's trying to figure it out. And he's like, what? This is hard and this is confusing. And he's kind of like exploring these different options in Ecclesiastes. He's like, is there a purpose to life? Because some days I wake up, and it's like I wake up, I do the same thing, I realize I'm going to die at some point, and nothing's really going to be that different in the world. And he kind of is in this like, is there meaning to this world? 
And then he gets to another point. He's like, well, you know, maybe the meaning is just have a good time. And he's like, you know what? I woke up and everything that looked fun, I said yes. And I did that. And he's, and he's like wrestling with all this. And when you read Ecclesiastes, there's a lot more questions than answers. So I love the realness of the Bible, you know? Like we, we like to make life so neat and pretty. The Bible doesn't do that. The Bible lives in the tension, in the difficulties of life. And Ecclesiastes really brings that to our heart. But here, in this verse, I want you to notice something. In this verse, Solomon is not questioning anything, is he? He's making a definitive statement. This is profound. Because the whole book is a lot of questioning, a lot of searching. But here Solomon's like, look, I don't know a lot of stuff, but I know this. Relationships matter. Relationships are part of what God has given us to help us get through this thing called life. And we need to pay attention to this. Because Solomon's like, I don't have a lot of this stuff figured out, but I have this figured out. It's kind of like, do you ever have someone in your life, they don't get angry very much? And then when they do get angry, you're like, whoa, okay, pay attention. You with me? Like when Allie gets mad, I'm like, okay. I, I really messed up. Because this, this woman is patient, and I've really, you know, it kind of snaps me uh, awake a little bit. And this is what Solomon's doing here. He's like, look, a lot of this, don't have figured out. But, but this much friendship matters deeply to our lives. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And I, and I believe that, that if, we're, if we're honest with ourselves, here's what we probably need more this year, is not to accomplish some great goal that we have, but we probably need a new relationship, better relationships, a new friend, or to be a friend. I believe that, that one of the greatest things that can happen this year in our lives is just better relationships with others. More than probably anything else. Now, interestingly enough, when we look at this, uh, this text, in Solomon's culture, friendship wasn't uh, as big of a thing as we might think. See, Solomon grew up in a traditional culture. So family relationships, you know, were, were everything. That, that was the center of their culture. It was an honor culture. So, you know, you honor your, your family. You don't shame them. You grow up. You play a role that you're sort of born to play. And, and everything is built on the family culture. So in his world, this would have kind of been a different way of thinking. And I would say in our culture, although we have elements of a, of a traditional culture, we're, we're more of an individualistic culture. And what we do instead is we glorify romantic relationships above all. And sometimes we look to our spouse to fulfill all the needs in our hearts. And the reality is, is that they can't do that. And they weren't meant to do that. And as beautiful as that relationship is and can be, and as important as it is, it's incredibly important, there, there still is something that God uniquely brings through friendship. You with me on this, church? Let me read one more, one more line from that article, because this lady says it too, okay? I don't want you to think I'm making this up. 
She says this, We've always had this hierarchy of love with romantic love at the top and friendship seen as second class. See, just like in Solomon's culture, they kind of, they didn't value it like they should. We don't value it like we should either, but for different reasons. We are constantly fed the message that the romantic relationship is the only one that matters. And it does matter, church, but so do these other ones too. You with me on this? So I want to talk about just the barriers and the blessings of this. The barriers and the blessings. Let me talk about the barriers. Why? Now, all of us, I believe, in this room, you're like, all right, Chad, I, 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 I'm with you on this. Like, and, and maybe some of us kind of in our heart, we crave, you know, deep and meaningful friendships that, that add real value to our lives. So, so why is sometimes that hard to actually create in life? Why is that, why, why do we not always get there, even if we agree with what Solomon is saying? Now, there's a book that came out some years ago called The Power of the Other by Henry Cloud. And in that book, he says you can, any relationship in your life, you can put in one of four categories. And the first one, he calls it no connections. And, and this is basically relationship, like we, we don't really have any meaningful relationship in our life, friendship in our life. You know, maybe we have acquaintances, we have people that we talk to, might do, but, but there's not a real deep life-giving relationship there. Now, solitude at times in life can be help, healthy and helpful, and it's good, but solitude is not the same thing as isolation. When we're in the no-connection phase, we're more in isolation, and we don't want to be there. The second is a bad connection. That we have relationships, but they're unhealthy. They feel bad, and they are bad. You know, that first, they're, they're not good influences, there's unhealthy conflict, all that kind of thing. The third, he calls a pseudo-good connection. Whoops, that's my buddy Kevin up there. Kevin McFun. It was a kid that, <laughs> that's not his real name, but, uh, but that would be an awesome name. But, but there was a kid that I was in junior high with, and we became really good friends, and I loved, I had a great time with this kid. We laughed, he had a great sense of humor, he appreciated my great sense of humor, it was awesome. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at that. Um, and and we, had a, we had a good time, it was always fun. But at, at one point I remember my mom saying like, yeah, like I don't know about this kid. And she's kind of like subtly being like, hey, you know, I, I think maybe you're hanging out with them too much and that sort of thing. I was like, wow, we, we always have a great, great time. And we did. But here's the problem with Kevin. He was a very big troublemaker. Like, not like just like harmless trouble. Like, by the time we were in high school, he was in juvenile detention for a few years. That level of trouble. You with me? So I, we had fun, but, you know, I wasn't looking to go to juvie. Um, <laughs> So I was like, yeah, that's, on one hand, it was, a, it was good. I had a good time with the kid, but too far. You know what I'm saying? So there's relationships. They feel good, but they aren't good. You with me on this? Right? There's, the, you know, the, probably there's people you dated or are dating, and everybody's like, everybody's like, no, this is not good for you, but, but I love them. No, break up with them. Everybody's right, all right? They see it clearly. Let me save you pain. You with me? When everybody's like, no, listen to them. Amen? All right, there we go. 
Uh, so good connection, but, and then lastly is true connection. And they, these are what Solomon is talking about. These are the relationships that actually add value to our lives. So when you think about your life, I just want you to think about kind of where are you at? What, wh- how would you define the friendships in your life in those categories? Now, here's, here's where I think we get stuck. For some of us, let's just be honest, we keep people at a distance because we've been hurt. A lot of us stay in zone one, not because we don't want people in our lives. It's because we've had it and we got hurt. And so rather than risk being hurt again, we kind of build up these little walls. Doesn't mean we're not nice to people. It doesn't mean we don't talk to people. But it does mean we're not really letting people into our lives in a meaningful way. You with me on this, church? And I get it. And here's the truth. Here's the truth. If you really pursue meaningful relationships in your life, you will be hurt. Because humans are imperfect. You with me on this? But let me also say this. There are some risks that you must take. Because sometimes when you think you're being safe, you're actually taking a greater risk. You with me on this? C.S. Lewis says this. Yes, I'm quoting C.S. Lewis again this year. To to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. Do you hear what Lewis is saying, church? He's saying, yes, you you are protecting yourself in a way, but you're actually putting yourself at a greater risk. Yes, if I open my life to people and I let the walls down, will I be hurt? Yeah, it'll happen. But if if I don't do that, I'll protect myself from some of that pain. But then what happens? My heart will become calloused and hard. Because God has made us to do life with each other. You with me on this, church? And so sometimes that's the barrier. Here's another barrier that sometimes can happen, too, is that, that we just, we see that, because you know Solomon's language here? That there's a high level of dependence in this. Did you see that? You know, he says if, if, if one falls, the other picks them up. You know, um, they, they overcome challenges together. There, there's an incredible amount of, of teamwork, independence in this picture of friendship. And for some of us, we've grown up all our lives believing If I can't do it on my own, I am weak. And I think, and I think, this might be especially true for guys. I don't know. You you can determine for yourself. But like when I was growing up, like you didn't let your vulnerability out to your buddies because they would rip you apart. Any guys grow up? I'm not saying this was healthy, church. I'm just saying... This is how I grew up. Like, the crew that I ran with, like, you don't, you don't tell them how you're feeling. What? That's crazy. Because you give them an inch of leverage over you, 
and you're done. Any other guys grow up really messed up? Yeah. Thank God, man. I need at least I need at least one hand in the air on that. But that's but that that was like the crew that I ran with, right? So so what do you do? And like the 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 more you can dog someone and tear them apart, like you win. That that was kind of again. I'm not saying it was healthy, church. I'm just saying that's what it was. Um, and so and and a lot of guys, hey, maybe a lot of your friends are still that way. You know, I don't know. But but then you learn you learn like yeah you got to do it all on your own you know you learn you got to keep it all inside you learn it, that vulnerability is weakness and that really needing and asking for help is a problem in you and so it keeps relationships at a superficial level right some of our relationships they can't go past the brown that's as deep as they go. And we all know that is a dark, terrible hole. To, <laughs> I mean, if this season didn't teach you that, I don't know what. <laughs> but, but God has so much more, and he wants so much more. And here, here's just the third barrier I would say is that, that sometimes we're just so busy with life that we don't make room for these types of relationships. You, you, can't, you can't microwave a meaningful friendship. It takes time to develop. It, it, it takes time to open our hearts and to get to know each other and to go through some stuff and to keep coming back and keep nurturing it. And so some of us, man, you know, we, in church, we can be so busy chasing after all this stuff in life that we get to a point, you ever get to that point, you look and you're like, why am I so busy? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to prove? Because at the end of the day, relationships are what matters. Right? You don't, you don't get a trailer behind your casket with all your stuff. Done a lot of funerals. I've yet to see that. Like, you know, there's, there's the guy and then there's his garage of stuff there. It's, at the end of the day, it's, it's the people, it's the relationships that matter. But, but in life, we get in the rat race. We get running and we, we stop thinking about where we're going and what really matters and, and it can squeeze out the time for meaningful relationships. You with me on this? So there's some barriers, but let's talk about the blessing that Solomon talks about in here. Now, let me just qualify. I'm not talking today just about any old relationship. I'm talking about relationships with people that have God as a foundation. Because those are different. Right, I have friends that I went to school with, and school was our connection, and that's cool. And then we probably have friends we work with, and maybe our kids do the same thing, and, and that's all good. But, but today, the kind of friendships I'm talking about are ones where, where Christ is in the mix. And that's what I want for every one of us in this room. Now, what are the blessings of these? Well, Solomon tells us, first, he says that these relationships make the grind and struggle of life more enjoyable. Remember how he opens this? He says, hey, two are better than one. And when two are together, there's reward in their toil. What is he saying? He's saying life is a lot of toiling, which means struggle, hardship, Heavy, and we, we all know that. Every one of us knows that in this room. 
But Solomon says, but, but one of the ways God brings joy in the midst of it, because God doesn't take all the struggle away. God doesn't always make it, make our circumstances easier. But he says, but one of the ways I'm bringing joy is through your friends. Because have you ever noticed that unpleasant activities with people you enjoy can transform those activities into something you like? I have the perfect example of this. Do you see all those group fitness stuff out there? Right? Working out is a horrible thing, amen? There is no joy in it. Working out... <laughs> Some of you are like, I disagree. Hey, listen. All right, you're the... I get it, you know, you're the 1%. But for 99% of us, working out is not fun. Um, but when you do it in a group, it's a lot more enjoyable. Right? You know, you got your CrossFit, Orange Therapy, you know, whatever, all those, <laughs> all those things. Um, and and what's, what's the appeal? But, you know, you look at around... There's a new group fitness thing. Every, why? Because when, when you do it together, it just kind of eases the suffering. That's what Solomon is saying. He's saying life's like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's challenging what you're going through right now. But if you have a friend with you, it will feel completely different. And church, that's part of God's gift, God's blessing to us. Here's the second benefit. He says if one falls in the pit, the other can pull him out. That there are some holes that we will fall into in life that we literally cannot get out alone. Did you hear that, church? Some of us, we, we are stuck today simply because of this reason. We need help. We need someone to help us. And we're just not willing to go there right now. That, look, the way God designed life, some things you cannot face on your own. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're messed up. It doesn't mean you're inept. It doesn't mean any of that, church. It means you're human. And it means God has designed your life with a vacuum for friendship. In those moments where you're in this pit and, and you're, you're trying to claw your way out and you can't do it, it's because God intends for someone to reach down their hand and help you out. You with me on this? And church, I want us to think in our lives, is there someone that we can help? Is there a friend in our life that, that we, we need to extend some help to? See, some of us, we, we know some of these dark holes well. We spend a lot of time in them. We know what the wall looks like. We know what the dirt feels like. We know how it feels in the different seasons. And, and God brought us out of that. And now maybe there's someone else in it that we can be this type of friend to. You with me on this? And we need to have the space and margin of life to be able to do it. Now some of us, we need to receive help. Church, I find again and again in ministry that one of the hardest things is for us to actually be open to receiving help. You know, it's hard. It is not a sign of weakness. It is not a, a sign of, of failure, church. It, it's a sign of being human and living life 
and going through the challenge. And that's why God says, do not do this journey alone. Because I never intended it. It won't work. And we need to be willing to receive help. Solomon also says, hey, there's some challenges that you need others in your life to help overcome. God wants to use your life in certain ways. He wants to take you certain places. But again, it's not going to be you as the lone ranger, but it's you walking with others and walking with God. See, there, there, is, there are certain ways. I, I can only serve and know God through others, church, at a certain point. There, there's no lone ranger Christianity where it's just like, hey, me and God on this journey together. Yeah, there are private parts of your faith. There are private realities of your faith. But, but, but ultimately, church, we are called into community, into relationships. You with me on this? And, and spiritual, spirituality, it grows through the influence of others. Right? There are some things that, that you're going to help me understand about God that I would never get to on my own. There are some ways that, that being in a relationship is going to stretch me and grow me and change me that I could never experience on my own. You with me? And, and that, that's part of God's design. And then lastly, I love this. He says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And I was just thinking about this week, how powerful relationships are in, in terms of the resiliency of our faith. See, if my faith stands alone, it's probably not that strong. If evil, if all evil has to do is break my faith, it may not be that much of a challenge. But if evil has to break my faith and your faith together, if, if evil has to discourage my faith and, and snuff it out, but it also has to do it to all of you, then my faith is going to be a lot stronger. You with me on this? So how powerful of a thought is it to think that, that when we face the challenges and the brokenness of the world, that it's not just us against all the terrors of this world. But it's us together, arm in arm, that needs defeated before we fall. Because some days my faith may not be that strong. It may be weak, and I might be, need to ride on yours. And some days yours may not be strong. And you need to ride on mine. And what a blessing, what a beautiful way to live to be able to tap into that. You with me on this, church? It's a resilient faith. And if we're doing this thing with God... Man, alone, we are robbing ourselves of some desperately needed strength. And God intended that way. So here's my challenge today. Got two things for you. Number one, hey, join a group. It's not a guarantee for making great relationships, but I think it's a good strategy. Eating healthy and working out is not a guarantee that you'll get in shape, but I think it's a good strategy, right? <laughs> not a guarantee, but I think it's a good strategy. Um, and, and that's what groups are, too. Not perfect, uh, but it's a good strategy. Here's the second thing. Make room and make effort for Christ-centered relationships. Do you, do you have room in your life for a new relationship, for a new friendship? 
you have, you have room in your heart for it. I think we all need room for one more. Amen? We all need room. Because maybe it's, maybe it's not even what, what you can receive out of it, but maybe it's what God wants you to give to that other person. It goes both ways, doesn't it? Make room. And make effort. Yeah, relationships, they take work. There, there's an effort. You know, if I'm, if I'm sitting there looking at my phone, man, I hope someone calls me today. Chet said I need to make a friend this year. Uh, just waiting, waiting on this thing. Um, be proactive, church. Just open that sucker up and whatever. Dial a number. But, but make effort. I don't know. Pray for me. Make, a, make, make an effort, church. You got you to make an effort. Put your neck out there. Hey, we've all been burned. That's part of life. But we can get through it. Years ago, I went to Friday's. I ate a burger. I went home. I got sick. Food poisoning. I still love cheeseburgers, though. I bounced back. You, you get my point? <laughs> I really minimized all your relational pain. I know. I'm sorry. It took so much fortitude to come back from that wounding. I haven't been to Fridays since then, but I do love this TGI Fridays, by the way. Anyway, um, make an effort. Now, the great Tim Keller, one of my favorite preachers of all time, he says that in the book of Proverbs, there are four qualities of great friendship. And they're constancy, carefulness, candor, and counsel. Constancy. That means that great friendships are built on, I'm with you through the good and the bad. Right? I'm not a fair weather friend. Some days you're not going to be your best. I'm still going to love you. Some days you're not going to be easy to love. I'm still going to love you. I'm not going to run away from you. I'm not going to close the door. Right? That's constancy. Carefulness is I want to understand you. I want to understand who you are, and I want to, I want to honor that, and I want to acknowledge that, and I want, to, I want to value that and be respectful of it. Candor, I'm going to shoot straight with you, right? Because sometimes, you know, we need a challenge. We need people to tell us the truth that, that we can't see. That's candor. Um, that's what good friends do. And then counsel is, we are going to let the walls down, and I'm going to let you into my heart. I'm going to allow this relationship to go deeper. Keller says in the book of Proverbs, those are the, the great themes of friendship. Now, when you think about those, let's be honest, we all could do better, right? And, and maybe one than the other, we, we could all do better. We could all grow. None of us are perfect friends. And all the friends in our life, they could do better too, right? None, none of us are perfect. And none of us will be perfect. And, and none of these relationships will be everything they should be all the time. But, but, we still need to pursue. And here's, here's what we need to remember too. Those four things, only Christ can be perfect in all four of those categories in your life. Only Jesus Christ is the one who will be faithful to you no matter what. He's the only one that will fully never fail you or forsake you. Jesus Christ will be the only one that fully understands you and your situation. 
that fully understands how you're wired and where you're at and what's in your heart and mind. Only Christ can bring you that perfect truth that you need in your life. And only Christ can see into your heart and be a safe place to fully reveal it. And so church, the way to be better is to allow Christ's influence more and more in us. And then from that place, to share it with those around us. Say, Christ, you are that perfect friend to me. Now let me be that to someone else. Help me to, help me to, to, to receive that from you so then I can give it to others and do this in the right way together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much that, Lord, you are that perfect friend. Father, even though we've been terrible friends in many ways, we've failed you, we've forsaken you, we've played games, we've turned our backs on you, Lord. We haven't always been reliable. We haven't always reached out, Lord. There's so many ways where we have fallen short. But yet in all of that, Lord, it has not changed your heart towards us. And I thank you for that. And today, Lord, I know that all of us, we need each other. And it's a good thing. And Father, whatever barriers might be in our life today, I pray you could help us to, to overcome them. And I pray, Lord, where you want to open some new doors of relationships, of friendships, Father, that we would just joyfully walk through those doors with you. And I pray, Lord, as we go through this year, we would just have a real sense that we are not in it alone. That we would learn from each other. We would grow from each other. We would serve each other. We'd pray for each other. And we'd, we'd laugh and rejoice and celebrate each other. And when life is hard, we would weep and comfort each other. And Father, I pray that we would be united in the kind of way where evil doesn't have to just bring down one of us to win. It's got to bring down all of us. And I pray, Lord, we could have strength in the community of your people. And Lord, as imperfect as we are, we could experience the blessing of what you intend for us here. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.